Have you heard? Amazon is now hiring for their new site opening soon in New Albany. Be one of the first to take advantage of launching a new career at one of the best workplaces in the world. Being a part of Amazon includes great benefits and competitive pay, plus many opportunities for advancement. So get a new job today and kickstart a new career tomorrow. Learn more about the perks of working at a new Amazon site. Go to amazon.com slash start now. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Thank you. You're welcome, sweetie. Have a good day. The demand for healthcare professionals who deliver both comfort and critical care is growing. FindNursingSchools.com connected me with an accelerated bachelor's of nursing degree program in my area with expanded capacity so I could complete the program in 16 months. Now I'm on the path to an in-demand career that offers job stability, flexible schedules, competitive pay, and the choice of where to work. Visit FindNursingSchools.com to begin your journey today. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All his radio. To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. I went to a garden party to reminisce with my old friends, a chance to share old memories and play our songs again. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same, but it's all right now. I learned my lesson well. You see, you can't please everyone, so you got to please yourself. People came from miles around, everyone was there. Yoko brought a walrus, there was magic in the air. And over in the corner, much to my surprise... And welcome back everyone, this is the Excellent on the Talkstar Radio Network. Our toll-free number is 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Marjorie Wildcraft. And Marjorie is a nationally, is a nationally recognized expert in backyard food production and permaculture design. Um... But she wasn't born that way, Exonation. Marjorie used the savings from her first career as an engineer to become a professional real estate investor. She and her husband predicted the big crash and barely got out in time. Marjorie sees the economic uh, dominoes uh, continuing to fall and basic staples of food becoming a bigger priority for the average American. She believes that even if it weren't uh, challenging times ahead, growing your own beautiful 
life-giving food is important as eating the commercial food supply uh, since uh, it does not really support real health. Marjorie is on a mission to live sustainably, and the biggest uh, key to sustainable living and a sustainable lifestyle is growing your own food. Marjorie's website, www.backyardfoodproduction.com. And Marjorie, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you so much for having me on, Rob. I'm really delighted. You know what? It's great talking to you because I believe, as so many people do, that the food that we eat on a daily basis is filled with junk, chemicals, and is doing us more harm than good. It, it is. It, it literally is. We're, we're growing these vast, vast, vast crops that are mm-hmm. planted by machines and tended with chemicals and harvested by machines, never touched by human hands. And the soils have been depleted for so long. It, it's, um, when you start growing your own food and eating the food that you grow yourself, I, like I really can't find many mm-hmm. restaurants that interest me anymore. You know, when I was a young boy growing up, I lived on the south shore of Montreal. We had uh, quite a bit of land in the back of our house. And my mom one year decided that she was going to plant a garden. So the farmer came in with the tiller. And mom and dad planted tomatoes. They planted potatoes, corn. And I'll tell you something, the food tasted totally different than the food we bought in the, in the stores. So what mom and dad decided to do every year after that was to garden our own foods. And you can really taste the difference. There's nothing like a fresh-grown tomato. Nothing. Carrots are sweeter. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. My kids will go out in the garden and, and mm-hmm. pick lettuce and peas and 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 mint and mm-hmm. onions and and they'll eat it in the yep. garden right there or we bring them in the house and cook it we get the same stuff from the grocery store and they go oh, uh, you know i don't like vegetables you know what and i <laughs> and i can i can understand where they're coming from because it used to be so great mom and dad would come home from work we'd go in the garden get the fresh vegetables for our supper you know pull up the potatoes have fresh baby potatoes uh, you know, homegrown garden food, and it was just a treat. That just added to the supper experience with mom, dad, and my brother. It's it's really, and it's healthy. There's more yeah. nutrient in it. It's vibrant. You feel better. You're outside getting, you know, mild, gentle exercise mm-hmm. in the garden. It's a it's a lifestyle. And, you know, Americans, I, I guess uh, I guess you're you're based in Canada and all over the world there, but we we used to be a nation of farmers, and it's only we've only lost the ability to grow our own food and have those backyard gardens mm-hmm. in two generations. It's completely been gone in the last two generations. Well, you and I have to take a two-minute commercial break, my dear, so please stand by. Great talking to you, Marjorie, and thank you very much for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Exxon. We appreciate it. Exonation, my guest this hour is Marjorie Wildcraft, and her website is www.backyardproduction.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as we continue with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios of Relmar McConnell Media Company in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, where every day we produce The Exxon. I didn't look the same, but it's all right now. I learned my lesson well. See you can't please everyone, so you've got to please yourself. I tried to amend my carnivorous habits. Made an L.A. 78. Losing way well out, speed eating sunflower seeds. Drinking lots of carrot juice and soaking up. Some kind of 
I don't know about that. I used to love cheeseburgers, but doing this show for 20 years and speaking to people like our guest this hour, Marjorie Wildcraft, you know what? I've weaned off fast food. I'd rather go to the grocery store. I eat uh, uh, these naturally grown foods, and, uh, you know, I feel better for it. And Marjorie, welcome back to the X-Zone. Now, Marjorie, you made a dramatic life change. What made you decide to quit professional investing and start focusing on growing food? Yes, that's that's really the key question there, and and a lot of that had to do with when we were in real estate investing, mm-hmm. and we were we were fairly successful at it. We weren't, you know, we weren't Donald Trump or anything, but we we were making a living as a as a family, and we could see that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which are the big mortgage issuing companies in the United States, we could see that they were going to implode. And because of the way all the mortgages are connected up through Wall Street and these combined mortgage-backed securities, we knew that the banks the insurance company, the major employers, the retirement funds. We knew all of these things were going to be going down, which is what we started to see in 2008. Mm. And, and when you follow that down and start to look at some of the, the – uh, there's really very thin veils over uh, the world that we live in, which looks very comfortable right now. But we felt and, and we still see that the, the potential for societal collapse is, is fairly high. Uh, you know, uh, certainly the United States, I feel, will undergo economic collapse. Uh, you know, the, the hyperinflating the currency, uh, you know, we're looking mm-hmm. at food inflation and now hyperinflation. I, I feel things could get very, very tumultuous fairly quickly. Um, we're seeing it in some of the poorer countries already. I mean, that's what Tunisia, and Libya, and Egypt are, are all about. Is uh, And actually a lot of those, those, those revolutions started because of food riots. People were, were rioting because the prices of food were too much. Uh, and it'll also be starting to hit uh, those of us in the United States and Canada that are, are more you know, marginal income type people are going to have a harder and harder time. Mm-hmm. But we, we could see the potential for uh, uh, you know, collapse of all these existing systems that we depend on, the, the grocery stores and the restaurants. And, and, and we started to look around and say, well, what would we do if all the grocery stores were shut? What, you know? And there aren't any local farmers anymore. They've all been bought out by big agribusiness. There's not really any small mom-and-pop farms out in the countryside. And, and we panicked. Uh, you know, I mean, it takes – I had been an engineer and then a real estate investor. I mean, I was mm-hmm. a professional in the business world. And to suddenly get real interested in, in growing tomatoes and, and, and green beans, yeah, it was a pretty big transformation. I still see all of that occurring, and I still see all of it happening uh, fortunately, it's gone a little slower than I, I thought it would, uh, which has given given us time to, you know, really learn in mm-hmm. depth, and then also to teach, and then to develop the DVD that we have to, which is to help empower others and to teach others. But I I feel that uh, we are about to enter a stage. The four horsemen of the apocalypse are on the horizon. Now, we're we're going into some very difficult times. Now, you, you say that my grocery bill will double this year. Now, that's a pretty bold prediction. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. And actually, in, in, in all honesty, I hope it only doubles is, is the truth. Mm-hmm. And there, there, are three, there are three big factors uh, for, for why that is. And the number one is you need, we've, the weather has been crazy. We've had, we've had droughts, like, mm-hmm. for example, in Russia last year. Uh, Russia went from being one of the larger wheat exporters on the global market to now they're out on the global market looking to buy food for their people. They've gone from being an exporter to an importer. China has also done the same. 
Uh, there's been flooding in, in Australia as well as in South America. I believe also uh, Pakistan and India, they've been losing crops. Um, here in the United States, we just had that big cold front come through. You know, we're usually thinking, oh, look at those poor people at the airport, right? You know, they're stuck there. But we're not thinking, oh, my gosh, what about all those cattle out there that they, they got to try and find a way to keep them out of that severe, bitter cold? And how are they going to get them water? It all freezes up and they, they dehydrate and die. Or uh, Cisco Foods just announced that all of their growers have invoked the Act of God clause on their contracts, and basically that freeze wiped out everything that Mexico had growing, which basically feeds North America their fresh produce during this time of year. So we've had some crazy weather, and the weather is like the big, the, one of the big, you know, you've got to have good, you've got to have the right yeah. amount of moisture and the right amount of sun to, to grow things. And as a species, for at least the last decade, we've been eating more than we grow, and we're down to where there are, the reserves are very, very, very small. They're very, they're razor thin and in some cases non-existent. So that's the one factor. Mm -hmm. The second factor is oil. Every step of the process in growing food in our modern world involves oil. You know, so the tilling of the soil and the planting the seeds is, is all mechanized, mm -hmm. of course, and then and the fertilizers and the pesticides we use are all derived from either natural gas or petroleum, so there you go with that. And then, of course, the, the harvesting and then the processing and the transportation and even sometimes the packaging is all basically a product of, of oil. So the price of oil and the price of food goes lockstep. And we've all seen uh, here, you know, the gas pump, 30 price, cents a yeah. gallon, it's that's gone right. up more in the last month, and that's just going to continue. And then your prices of food are, are also going to be moving up. So those are the two big factors. And then, of course, the third one is is uh, the monetary policies of different governments. You know, printing so much money, you have so many dollars chasing few goods. That's the classic formula for infl inflation, right? So we've we've got the perfect storm brewing. That's scary. Now, tell me, you grow your own food. How much of it do you actually grow, and and how much time does it take you each and every day? Yeah, excellent question. Um, we, I, about half of my own food is what I, I grow uh, right now. Mm -hmm. And my kids are 9 and 11, and as soon as I can get more work out of them, <laughs> they'll grow more food. More production. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is, is I'm, you know, I'm a busy woman, as mm -hmm. everybody is, and we've all got lives other than just looking, you know, tending our garden. And I feel I, have, I grow half of my own food, and, and sometimes it's more. Um, and I have the skills to grow it all if I needed to. And that's, you know, I'm very comfortable with this level. I actually barter and trade in my community, and I'm also very big about, you know, working in community. You're, sure. you're you know, ha helping your neighbors. And, and, and we barter and trade for about another quarter, and then we, we import the last quarter. And, and uh, you know, it's mostly chocolate. <laughs> you know, chocolate and avocados. <laughs> um, I see that there's a butchering section on your DVD. Now, how do your kids respond to the processing of animals? Yeah, the, the butchering section, it's almost like you can divide people into two categories mm -hmm. that watch the DVD. And like, I didn't watch the butchering section, all the vegetarians. Um, but it's animals are a very important part to have in your systems. And, and no matter where you live in any part of the world, animals are easier to grow than fruits and vegetables. And uh, so, yeah, we started, actually, when I started this, I was a, a, a vegan, and uh, it's been quite a journey for me personally to realize how important animals are and then to actually start learning how to, how to you know, butcher them, basically, on my own. And uh, my daughter, 
doesn't mind at all. She's nine, and she she'll play around in the barn. Or when I you know open them up, she'll go, "Oh, mommy, is that the heart?" And I, yeah, you know. And uh, she she raises little bunnies until they get kind of big, and then she ignores them for a while, and then they they get butchered. But she understands the whole process. My son, on the other hand, is eleven, and he's pretty much convinced I am evil incarnate. Uh, and he really can't <laughs> handle it. He just doesn't want to be around. But he loves. The rabbit enchiladas. You know he, <laughs> you know he's gonna. Eat, he loves the rabbit stew or the whatever <laughs> we're eating. You know the chicken stew. So he's, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's having a little more difficult time. It's funny. He know, just he doesn't. Mind. He just doesn't want to be part of the end process. <laughs> he just, he just find him get on his video games and shoot up. You know, I don't know how many people with his, you know, machine gun mm-hmm. on virtually on television. But when it comes to the real thing, he he has a hard time with it. But well, you know, you know what. Young. After uh, I was a, I was in law enforcement for a number of years, and uh, shooting at a target and shooting at a person are two different things. Very much so, yeah. And and we've gotten a lot of comments from people about the butchering section about how well done it was. Mm-hmm. Because I really, truly, you know, when you raise your own meat, or even if you, the hunters out there will be able to resonate this, when you when you get that involved with your your food supply, you have a reverence for it, you have an appreciation for it, and you have an understanding of life that. That that you know you you just don't reach when you get something cellophane wrapped at the grocery store. You know there's there's very much, and we we bring that through in the segment that we did on butchering. And a lot of people have sent me emails and said thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I I didn't think I could do that before, but now seeing it, I I can totally do it. So that's that's been wonderful. What was your inspiration for doing your DVD? Well, we we could see that this this mm-hmm. crisis uh, was going to happen, and 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 one of the very first things that you realize when you get into this is that you can't. No family can really do it alone, and that you have to have other people around you that are also growing food and 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 you know, if nothing else, for seed, saving seeds. You know, some plants need to be separated from each other a good distance, or uh, you know, if you're breeding rabbits, you're going to want to change mm-hmm. your genetic stock around and having some other people to swap bucks or, or uh, you know, or, or just other people to brainstorm or, or you know, what, uh, you know, what, what trees are working sure. for you, what, what variety of apple or, you know, so it, it, and it really takes a community as well as the resilience of, uh, you know, occasionally, yeah, you're going to need a bunch of hands to help you get the soil ready and then you'll do the same for them. So you, it, it really is about community. And so we first out started by, by learning ourselves and teaching uh, those around us, and then and then there, we got to where we were teaching a class, and um, the classes kept getting booked and booked and booked, and I couldn't keep up with the demand. And mm-hmm. somebody said, "Make a DVD; it'll be quick." And I thought, "Oh yeah, that'll be quick." And uh, no, it's not quick. The DVD is actually months and months and months of writing the script. It's very carefully put together. It wasn't something slapped us out of a, 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 you know, just some show. It was really carefully crafted. And then we did the shoot and it was months and months of editing uh, to really put out a product there that, that presented the the most important principles of what you need to successfully be able to grow food using very little. We we were thinking that the stores are closed. So how do you grow food without being able to run out to you know, Home Depot mm-hmm. to pick up a bag of fertilizer, you know. So um, how do you do it pretty much all on your own or with things that you could salvage or, or find? So. Marjorie, please stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exo Nation, Marjorie Wildcraft is our special guest this hour. Her website is www.backyardproduction.com. Hmm. We're talking about growing your own food, the impending food shortage. 
All this and more when we come back from the news here in the X-Zone from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Hi, this is Eric Rawls of Cosmoverse.com, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in the X-Zone. Hi, this is Blade Runner, and you are listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Hi, I'm Laura Sabrin of Cease to Fields Organic Vineyard in Jordan, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Hi, my name is Lady Ashley, the White Witch of Niagara on... Apúrate a la venta del 4 de julio de Mattress Firm. Obtén una cama king a precio queen o una queen a precio twin y ahorra hasta 500 dólares en Sealy. Además, obtén una base ajustable gratis con compras elegibles de Sealy, un valor de hasta 499 dólares, o compra Tempur-Pedic, el colchón más recomendable recomendado de América. Ahorra 500 dólares en todos los colchones Temper Breeze y obtén un regalo instantáneo de 300 dólares en accesorios para dormir. Solo en Mattress Firm. Se aplican restricciones. Para más detalles, consulte en la tienda o en mattressfirm.com. Hurry in to Mattress Firm's July 4th sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. The Lake, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal talk radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. You talk like Marlena Dietrich And you dance like Zizi Jarmet Your clothes are all made by Balmain and there's diamonds and pearls in your hair, yes there are You live in a fancy apartment Off the boulevard Saint-Michel Where you keep your Rolling Stones records And a friend of Sasha Distel, yes you do But where do you go to my lovely when you're alone in your bed Tell me the thoughts that surround you I want to look inside your head Yes, I do You know, every time I hear that song, uh, Where Do You Go To My Lovely, it reminds me of my days in Montreal uh, going to the Cock and Bull Friday nights after my midnight shift on the police force and sitting down and listening to Bowser and Blue play that song. Well, where do the memories go? Well, they stay with you and... We're happy that you, the Exo Nation, share your memories with us, share us, share your opinions with us from all over the world here in the Exo on our website, www.exoneradiotv.com. My email address, and I respond to every email, exone at exoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Marjorie Wildcat. We're talking about backyard food preparation and growing your own food, growing your own, not only vegetables, but raising your own animals and, um, 
first of all, Marjorie, thanks very much for joining with us today. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. And one of the topics in your free newsletter is the secret to a green thumb. Hmm. Now, can you share that secret with us on air? Oh, absolutely, yes. And, you know, I have to say, when I when I first started this, and, and, and I think a lot of people will resonate with this, is I everything died. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm sitting there in front of some tomato plants just yeah. crying. And Why? I, you know, I just did a deal with real estate. I made $10,000, and I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a successful person, and here I am in front of, and, and these, 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 it all just dies. And uh, and I had had a lot of that. And uh, in fact, one one winter I was planting broccoli, and I had my broccoli out there, and they'd gotten up about a foot high, and they seemed to be doing pretty good. And we had a light frost, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, broccoli should be able to handle that without any problem at all. You know, it's a cold cold weather plant, and they all died. And I went down the road to a neighbor who's not that far, you know, away, about half a mile away, and his broccoli was just thriving. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is the difference? You know, what is the difference? And and uh, I was just gardening. We just have plain sand. I mean, there's nothing. It's almost like you're at the beach. It's just plain sand. And he was gardening in two feet of composted horse manure. I mean, he had rich, rich, rich soil, and I had just nothing. And 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 the more I and, and I see this over and over and over again. I mean, it really is. It really comes down to having fertility. Fertility is the key. Uh, to having success, uh, and so many times that I see people's gardens fail, it's usually because they don't have enough uh, compost and, and enough fertility going on for those plants. And, and here's a neat way to think about it. Um, so I, you know, when I started out, I was originally from Florida, and mm-hmm. I'm always pretty cold sensitive. You know, I never, you know, if it got 74 degrees, I was putting on a jacket. You know, <laughs> which up there in Canada, y'all are probably laughing at That's that. That's a heat but, wave. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, uh, and but uh, and those those little plants, you know, when they get what they need, when mm-hmm. they get all the minerals that they need, when they've got the soil is full of life and vibrancy, they grow and they've got everything they need, and they can handle temperature extremes that they obviously can't handle when they don't have those nutrients. And I will tell you, as a result of having eaten my own food that I've grown with nutritious soil over the years, over the last five, six, ten years that I've been doing this, I now can withstand temperature ranges that I never could before. And it's because I'm getting the nutrition that I never had before. And just like that plant that couldn't handle it, I couldn't handle it. And now that I've been eating very healthy and my, my, my plants are healthy, I'm able to withstand those kind of temperature ranges. So, uh, you know, I'm outside, you know, 40 and 50 degrees with, with, a, with just a, you know, just a t-shirt on now which was unthinkable to me before. So the, the real secret, uh, the main number one thing is, is having fertility. So, so I, would, so I imagine to, the, uh, the secret to a green thumb is actually having a brown thumb. <laughs> yes, getting some, getting, some, getting some manure from mm-hmm. somewhere and composting it properly. And it takes some, you know, if you want to live sustainably, I've, I was working with some people a while ago, and they said, you know, I have this fabulous garden, and after mm-hmm. about three years... It just petered out and wouldn't produce anything. And I said, well, you know, were you adding compost in there? What were you doing to nourish that land? And they said, oh, no, we, we just we, we didn't add anything. We just kept growing. And well, I said, well that's it. You know, you've got to continually work. And they, they were lucky that they had good soil in the beginning. Most of us can't afford to buy land that has good soil, you know, if you think about it. And, of course, one of the first <laughs> things a farmer will tell you is that you have to rotate your crops. 
Very much so. Mm-hmm. And, and rotate your crops. And, and, and farmers in the old ways used to you know, have them in manures from the barns yep. and bring them in, in manure spreaders and put them out on the fields. You, or uh, you occasionally just grow t- crops that you till under to add nourishment to the soil. All those old-time practices are, are what we need to get back to and what we do get back to in a small backyard-type situation. What happens to people who live in apartments? How can they benefit from growing their own food, and, and where would they grow it? Well, yeah, there's, we've got a lot of really great solutions for, for, for people in apartments, and we also mention that quite frequently in the newsletters. By the way, we've got a, a free newsletter where we go in-depth on, on a lot of these topics. Um, first of all, I'd say uh, even just a couple of herbs in a windowsill with a little bit of sun would be a great way to start. You know, basil or rosemary, mm-hmm. some of those guys are pretty, you know, oregano, they're pretty tough plants. They can they can handle it. And, um, you know, let's say we get into a survival situation where, where we've only been eating beans and rice for a few weeks. You know, just being able to know how to grow a few herbs and add a little bit of spice or distraction to that, you know, you'll be a hero. <laughs> you know, so... Don't 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 underestimate the power of of just a, a being able to do a small thing like that, but more importantly, uh, starting to get into the habit of taking care of a plant or or noticing, um, gosh, you know the soil's really really dry and the leaves are drooping and mm-hmm. this is what it looks like when it gets all dried out or, you know now the leaves are turning yellow and I've put too much fertilizer on there or just starting to notice and, and learn and, and feedback or even just developing uh, the habit of looking at it every day and kind of checking it. And now invariably what's going to happen, I'll tell you what's going to happen, invariably you're going to get sucked up into something. And let's hope let's hope that it's a romance, right? But most likely it's going to be a project at work and you're going to wake up one day and mm-hmm. two weeks will have gone by and those plants are dead. And you're going to feel awful and you'll feel, oh, I'm a failure. I have a black thumb. I don't care what mm-hmm. that lady on the radio said. What you need to do, just take those those uh, plants and dump them into a compost pile, and we'll talk about that next sex, and just start over again. And just realize there's going to be a lot of things you're going to fail at and just start over again and, and keep on going. So just a few herbs on the windowsill. And remember, I was talking about fertility. Having a little compost bucket under the sink. Uh, even worms mm-hmm. uh, make great composters, and you can put your kit vegetable scraps in there and your junk mail in there uh, and mix it up and let those worms go at it. And those bins, if they're, if they're done properly, there's no offensive odor at all. In fact, if you're getting an offensive odor, that's the sign you need to adjust things, either putting more of one or the other ingredient. And there's lots of information out on the web on, on how to do compost piles, as, as, you know, as well as our website at backyardfoodproduction.com. So... Um, but uh, compost is the, the secret to a green thumb. Now, the other thing about apartment dwellers is, um, you know, there's a lot of places with community gardens mm-hmm. and space in community gardens. There's lots of websites up now that are helping match up people that have a vacant backyard or a vacant lot with people that want a garden or a farm. Uh, so there's lots of opportunities. Or if you do live in an area where there's a a farmer just outside of town, you know, ask them if you could come help out for a few hours a day, you know, once a week. Uh, I know some of the farms around here, they actually have programs where you can come work for a half a day and they'll give you a box of vegetables. Wow, and, that's, uh, that's, that's a good deal. That's a fantastic deal. deal. Yeah. Now tell me, what yeah, is the so, danger of, of doing this yourself, uh, the the backyard garden or even the, the, the community garden, and using too much fertilizer? What is it? What what happens to the plants? <laughs> well, not only to the plants, but the people who are working the garden. If they don't have the experience or the expertise, is there any personal danger to themselves? 
Well, not if you're using organic fertilizers. If you're going to start getting into chemical mm-hmm. or synthetic stuff, yeah, you can create a lot of problems. But again, I'm totally uh, against using that, not that, not necessarily because I'm a purist, but because mm-hmm. my whole objective is to be able to grow food without having to depend on anything from a store. So I don't want to right. depend on having yeah, fertilizers from a store. Is No, I want to just be able to make my own fertilizers at home. Mm-hmm. And you really can't overdo it with that. You know, you can add a lot of compost, and those plants yeah. will just love it. There's, you know, almost every one of the garden vegetables that we like to eat. And, of course, and of course, we all see what manure does every time we turn on the television and we're watching either the House of Parliament or the House of Representatives or Congress because, you know, it seems that they, they fling a lot of manure all day long and nothing happens. You know, it's such a shame that we actually couldn't use that to fertilize plants. But it, sort of like it's sort of like the uh, the food crisis we're heading. Yeah. They can't print food either, so. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's a bad situation. It's only going to be getting worse. And I'm so happy that there's people like you, Marjorie, out there telling people what the alternatives are, and you know, get, putting a positive light at the end of the tunnel. Um, tell me, if a listener is starting to look for land outside of the city, what quick tips do you have that you can offer them? Yeah, and of course, you know, when you're looking at societal collapse, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the last places you're going to want to be is in a dense urban environment. You're going to have a very difficult time there. And and so if you do have access to resources where you could you could get a small piece of land outside of the city, or if you can move out there ahead of time, that's even better. But even if you just have something set up, and the, the most critical thing, and of course, I'm, I'm calling you from Texas, and we are famous for not having any water here, but the most critical thing is having a water source on the property that you can use, Uh, so a spring or a creek or a pond, some way that you can get water or or consistent rainfall. Mm -hmm. But consistent rainfall is actually pretty challenging. Uh, As I was saying, the weather patterns are are part of the problems we're we're having. Uh, So water is the number one thing that you're going to want. And, um, you know, again, if you're looking at the scenario of, of societal collapse, in a community of, of people that are already, you know, doing some of this stuff and, and of a like mind. So that way you can, you know, you can learn and, uh, and share and, and, and work with other, other people. So those are the two quick, you know, water is absolutely vital, though, no matter where you go. You can always build soil, mm-hmm. but you've got to have water. Another topic in your newsletter asks, do you need a gun to garden? Now, what's that all about? As soon as I read that, I saw Elmer Fudd chasing Bugs Bunny. <laughs> you know, actually, that goes out of a story. What right when we started, we made the DVD, and mm-hmm. and it 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 really is excellent. I mean, we've had a lot of people tell us that they've they have saved years in setting up their food production systems, and people all over the world, even though we're we tend to be you know our plants and animals that work here in Texas, but the principles are the same, and the DVD really is uh, is good. And I I naively thought it would sell itself, which was not true. Um, and uh, so then I said, well, I guess i got to do a little bit of marketing. And mm-hmm. I started going around to some of the local stores, because that's where you're going to go first, and pitching it to a couple of store owners. And this one store owner said, oh, I'm never going to need to grow food. And I said, really? I said, wow, have you got a big store of food back, you know, backup food supplies somewhere? And I'm like, well, where's your home address, right? You know? And uh, he goes, no, no, I don't have any food stored either. I'm not going to. He says, what I'm going to do, he said, if anything ever happens, and he pulls out a big semi-automatic weapon from under the counter. He says, with this, I'm going to be able to get everything I need from people like you. Oh. And I, 
I couldn't believe it. You know, I just could not believe, uh, you know, I, I was dumb. Actually, I ended up walking out of the store not saying much else. I mean, I was speechless, which is a little unusual for me. But, uh, and since then, I've heard that uh, quite a few times. In fact, I've had um, radio hosts tell me on air, quite frankly, that that's what their strategy is also, that they have no desire to grow food, that they're going to go out in the countryside and, and, uh, and steal it from that's people. Pa- that's pathetic. It, it, it is. It, and it's stupid, too, because if you would come up to me, let's mm-hmm. say it does happen, you come up to me and you said, I, I need food or I need help, I would do anything I sure. could to help you. But if you're telling me now you're going to come up to rob me, well, if mm-hmm. you come up the road, the first thing I'm going to do is shoot you. You know, <laughs> and say, you know you're not giving me any choice. <laughs> Unbelievable. It is. And, um, you know, I mean, the United States, we, we tend to be a little bit more gun-happy, and then Texas is probably one of the most gun-happy states uh, in the United States. And, and uh, But that attitude is prevalent everywhere. It's unfortunately not not just this area. You call it gun-happy. We call it gun-crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, what does your family think about all this? Well, you know, my husband is supportive. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he and I have different ideas on, on the timeline, we think, for, for, for the whole collapse of things. I tend to think it's going to happen a lot sooner and he's he's uh you know he's been been concerned about this kind of thing since the 70s and it and and you know we've gone through ups and downs and it hasn't completely fallen apart so he's a little mellower about it um my in-laws are like nah forget nothing is ever going to happen and what i've what i've noticed in general is if somebody is a well-paid employee uh of a you know like a multinational basically if they're really well uh, compensated from uh, the system, mm-hmm. the large large multinationals, they're much less likely to see any possibility of that ever changing. They're so vested in that system remaining the way it is that they can't conceive of it ever not taking care of them. Wow, Marjorie, stand yeah. by, dear. You and I have to take our final break. Exonation, a very wise lady giving you very sound advice. Please visit her website, www.backyardproduction.com. For some reason, I feel like a tomato and lettuce sandwich. We'll have to get that. I'll have to get that after the show. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. My guest this hour is Marjorie Wildcraft. And listen, I made a mistake on the website. It's www.backyardfoodproduction.com. That's www.backyardfoodproduction.com. And I'm just going to say it one more time. www.backyardfoodproduction.com. Marjorie, great having you with us. Now, what advice can you give others to begin to prepare for the great changes ahead? 
Yeah, the first thing I would say is start accumulating a little bit of a backup food supply, and mm-hmm. that's pretty simple. You know, look at some expiration dates on things that you normally buy. So, you know, uh, tomato paste, uh, coffee. Oh, my God, I'm not a coffee drinker, but uh, can you, I mean, if you are, and you can imagine yourself without coffee one morning, you'll start stocking up on backup food supplies, you know, with coffee. Uh, so start accumulating some extra stuff. And then the other thing is is the real solution to this is not going to be to get a whole bunch of stuff and hoard. That That's going to help you get through some period, but is learning how to grow your own food. There are tons and tons of resources out there. The Internet is filled with all kinds of resources. Our newsletter will certainly help you, and, of course, our DVD also. Uh, but your local gardening club. Uh, there's going to be lots of people there that will already know, you know, what seed varieties mm-hmm. you want to get and be able to help you, like, when do you need to plant and when do you harvest, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know, do they have 4-H in uh, Canada or not, but there's little local clubs uh, for uh, children, and they're open to adults that teach you how to raise rabbits and, and, and chickens, uh, some of these more ag- agricultural clubs that are still mm-hmm. in existence yeah. out there, uh, if you look for them. Yes, we do have um, 4-H up here, by the way. Yeah. yeah, and and my other piece is is uh, you know start small. You know, don't. Uh, my, one of our mistakes was we came from a place of panic and concern, and we plowed up a huge garden, and we had nothing but a, a, a whole garden full of weeds and frustration. So, you know, even just a little four by four plot or a right. little ten by by five plot, you know, just get started and 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 be be okay with failure. You're learning a whole new skill. Things are going to happen. Just be okay with that things are going to die, and then you can try it over again. So Some, those are my, my quick tips. Something that a farmer once told me, never give an animal a name, because once you give the animal a name, you're screwed. You know, a lot of people say that, but my daughter names all of the baby bunnies, mm-hmm. and then by the time they're grown up, she knows what's going to happen. And, I, I, uh, you know, it, it just depends on we, we re- when you get really comfortable and mm-hmm. understand your role in creation and their role, and, and you know, but, but be easy on yourself, and that's a, definitely yeah. a good place to start. You know, don't get too attached to them. So what, what you do is you, don't, you name them, let's see, the first little bunny that came out of mommy is Hoss and Pfeffer, the next one is Rabbit Stew, the next one is... No. <laughs> oh, she's funny. She names them all like Hoppy and Jumpy and, and, and Spotty, and, and they, they all seem to have the same names, every litter, but <laughs> whatever. Marjorie, thank you very much for joining us. A great pleasure talking to you. Uh, I wish you continued success, and thanks very much for bringing this information out and you know shaking the people and saying, hey, you have to start planning now, and uh, thanks very much. You do. And the solutions are going to come from people like you and me. The big governmental and, and large multinationals are, are really not here to serve. And, and we, we really need to. It's going to be you and me in our, in our yep. backyards and sharing with each other. All right, Marjorie, thanks very much. Continued success. www.backyardfoodproduction.com. I'll be back on the other side of this news break as the Exxon continues from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.